And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Late night Midnight on the interstate I didn't feel so great Until I saw the city Welcome back to Straight from the Source. Michael Russo. Thanks, for everybody, for tuning in. This is the first episode of the uh, 2022-23 season. I'm coming to you from Las Vegas where I'm covering the NHL media tour uh, with Pierre Lebron. I did the one, as you know, in Sweden uh, in late August uh, solo. I was actually the only North American print journalist there. Although I guess technically I'm not a print journalist anymore. Um, but I was the only uh, writer there, let's put it that way, from North America. So that was cool. I got exclusive access to all like 20 some odd um, players I got there. Sat down with Philip Gustafson. Hopefully everybody read that story. The Yule Erickson next story will be coming here uh, either before training camp or, or right at the start of training camp. So everybody will love that story because he gave me, ap- I cannot explain to you the hospitality they showed me. Picked me up at the train station, took me around his town of Karlstad brought me to his childhood home where his parents made a feast um, and then sent me off with food too. Like I needed more. And then uh, we go to, uh, we go to his childhood rink uh, and where he also played uh, professionally where his dad played and coached professionally Forrestad, um, and then uh, hung around a bit and then went back to the train station and head back off to Stockholm for the media tour. So uh, that will be a real fun story that'll be coming up here in the next couple of days. But yesterday I got a chance to hang out with Matt Boldy a bit um, and you'll hear that podcast on this show. Uh, Matt is last time that I did a podcast with Matt, and you could correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure I've only done one straight from the source with Matt Boldy. It was actually, if I remember correctly, on the same episode with Marco Rossi before even Boldy played an NHL game. I could be getting this totally wrong. Um, and uh, it was a real fun podcast. But what struck me yesterday is that he was at this media tour 
you know, two years later from this podcast before he was just a rookie and now he is an absolute star. Uh, 34 goals last year or 30 some odd goals last year. Um, got this new $49 million contract. And then he's not only here with, you know, superstars galore, but he's here with a lot of his, his comrades that he grew up playing with the Matty Beneers is the world, Cole Caulfield, the Hughes brothers, uh, players like that. But then he's also here. I mean, you look around the room here and he's with legends like Andre Kopitar and Sidney Crosby, but then you got, you know, newbies like Connor Bedard, who we'll talk about in a little bit, but Jack Eichel coming off a cup and Johnny Goudreau and Charlie McAvoy, who is, uh, maybe my favorite player that I've talked to uh, yesterday, at least uh, the Kachuk brothers uh, who he knows well, Clayton Keller, um, Tavares. And then today we're getting uh, Anders Lee. Um, I think everybody here that's listening to this podcast knows Anders, uh, Jason Robertson, Tage Thompson, Tom Wilson, Bowen Byram, Philip Forsberg, Quinn Hughes, Jack Hughes, uh, Dylan Larkin, Mik- Mikhail Sergachev, who we've had on the athletic hockey show before Jacob Truber, Adam Fox, Connor McDavid, and Leon Dreisaitl. So we end the ga- day with a couple slouches, no big deal. Um, so, uh, you'll enjoy this podcast with Matt Boldy. I think it's a pretty good one. Uh, we talk about obviously the golf tournament that Joe Smith covered uh, and hopefully everybody read Joe's uh, great coverage, not only uh, at the tournament, but uh, leading into the tournament. And then uh, we talk about last year, how he could build on uh, what was a, a great regular season, but a tough postseason for him and the rest of the wild. Um, and then we talk about just uh, a, a bunch of fun stuff as well. Uh, you, you know, the loss of Matt Dumbia, though, that wasn't very fun. Not listening to him and how much he'll be missed. Um, and, uh, and, you know, newbies like Pat Maroon and all that stuff. So hopefully everybody enjoys this podcast. As I mentioned, I'm at the media tour. Um, yesterday, we also got Bill Daly. He talked a lot about the Olympics um, and the hope to have one in 2026, but also an international tournament. Uh, World Cup-like, it's hard to say. They're going to have to get creative with this, especially if uh, if Russia's still not in the IIHF at that point. Uh, God forbid, that's two years from now. Um, let's hope that everything uh, starts to calm down there with with the war with the Ukraine with Ukraine, um, but uh, right now they're they're looking at a 2025 uh, international tournament, but they can't exactly say exactly what it's going to be uh, because they might have to get creative with it. But they can't say that there's going to be eight nations or things like that. But that's the hope. Um, the other thing is, last time I was I was here for the Stanley Cup final, it sounded like any day now they were going to announce uh, T-Mobile Arena being the host of the 2024 draft. Here we are in September, and there's no announcement for the 2024 draft, which clearly shows that there was some complications there. Um, Mike, what I gather is that T-Mobile Arena suddenly has a conflict with scheduling and they're kind of scrambling to find a new home for the draft. And uh, potentially, this could be the first draft since 2005 that might not be in an NHL arena. Um and that one was because of the lockout, I be- if I remember correctly, that was at the Ottawa Weston. Um, and the reason why I don't know that for sure is because I actually had to cover the draft from Europe because we didn't know when the lockout was going to end. And I was actually, if I, God, if I remember correctly, I covered maybe the lottery because I was there when Sidney Crosby got awarded to Pittsburgh, but I don't think I covered the draft, if I remember correctly. Um, so, uh there's a lot of words there that you probably don't care about, but uh, I'm hoping the 2024 draft is still going to be at Vegas, but maybe at a different site. But I get the uh, I get the um, impression that because of this conflict with the draft, they had to move the NHL awards, and that both these things could be announced here in the coming days. But I have a feeling that the NHL awards will be probably in a different city, you know, maybe a place like LA or something like that. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. Um, 
you know, Bill Daly talked about a uh, world junior issue that still we're waiting for the 2018 scandal to be announced. Part of it is because uh, they're waiting for the police investigation to be completed and, and check all boxes before announced. But I think it's pretty obvious. Some of the names that we're going to find out were involved in this. Um, I think it's pretty obvious. We don't need to name names yet, but um, just pay attention to guys that have been unsigned here the last year or two. And uh, some other stuff that's happened on social media in the coming days, in the in the past recent days. Uh, so we'll uh, see what that investigation is all about. Um, those were the, sort of the highlights of Bill Daly, if I remember correctly. Um, as I mentioned, uh, just real fun talking to these guys. I, I had a real fun time talking to Mario Ferraro, who's got like no teeth, by the way, um, about Jake Middleton. Um, Love talking to Matty Beneers about Brock Faber. Um, obviously, we got Boldy and Caulfield and all those guys. Like I mentioned, Charlie McAvoy is just you know genius to talk to um today and it will be as fun as well um coming up here for the wild uh so joe and i did a today a 10 bold questions or 10 questions there's not really bold questions going to training camp because the team is pretty much a lock um you know we don't even think that they're going to be able to afford um a 13th forward to start the season um especially depending on what kalen addison eventually signs for here but if he gets over the league minimum uh they can barely afford anybody over a league minimum for a 13th forward and those guys would include maybe like a nick patan and a vinnie letary but the young guys like beckman and walker that'd be tough to s- slide them onto the team and either way um they're they're you know with home opener and then going on the road, if they get out of the home opener unscathed and they get a camp unscathed going up to Canada, my guess is that they don't keep a 13th forward, that they're going to try to do their best at the beginning of the season to accrue cap space uh, to make sure that they are in position to accru- uh, afford call-ups with having a, without having to play eventually a man short um, to, to get that sort of caveat um, um, if they're if they're in a cap uh, hell situation where they just can't afford an extra player, they might have to play a man short at some point. So this is going to be constant massaging of the cap all year long by Chris O'Hearn and the staff uh, that Bill Guerin works with as well. So, uh, you know, pay attention to that in camp, but there's really not a lot uh, there. I mean, Marco Rossi is going to be the biggest intrigue, but as I've talked before um, on other podcasts and with Joe and in articles, it's going to be hard to measure what Marco Rossi's success is in training camp. You know, we know he stuck around all summer. This guy was so determined uh, to make the team that he actually missed his summer's, his his sister's wedding. Uh, Didn't go back to Austria for that because he didn't want to miss any captain's practices here the last couple of weeks. Um, So, But this is somebody that led the league in points in the preseason last year. So if he has an incredibly productive preseason again, how do you measure if that's real until the lights come on for the regular season and we actually see him in regular season games? So, um, you know, I'm probably going to temper the way that I write about Rosso in in camp because last year I remember being super excited watching him, you know, stack up points in the preseason and, and we've learned frankly, that it meant nothing once the regular season began. So um, uh, I, I think that w- until that happens, we're not, we're not going to know. But I fully expect him to make the team. Um, in the article that we wrote today, uh, the 10 bold questions, we go, um, we basically lay out what we think the lines will be at the start of training camp. Now, as we know, it's training camp. Everything is barring injuries, is barring, uh, you know, experiments that Dean Evison and his staff uh, want to make. But right now, uh, what we envision the lines are very similar to what they ended last year. Kaprizov with Hartman and Zuccarello. Johansson uh, with Eriksson and Boldy. That line was absolutely on fire and particularly Boldy uh, just caught fire last year after Marcus Johansson uh, was acquired. Um, and then obviously the Eriksson broken leg changed everything there. Um, but, w- you know, why wouldn't you go back to that? 
Um, so Marco Rossi most likely will start on a third line with Marcus Foligno and Freddie Goudreau, and then a fourth line of Pat Maroon, the newbie, with Connor Durer and Brandon Duhame, and then Vinny Letary on a fifth line, and we'll see who his wingers are, maybe Sammy Walker and Adam Peckman. Uh, blue line look very similar to last year, minus Matt Dumba. Jake Middleton with Jared Spurgeon, we think to start. Jonas Burdeen with Brock Faber, and then Alex Goligoski and John Merrill um, will be uh, flip-flopping probably as your uh, lefty on your third pair with Kalen Addison once Addison is signed. Addison's been working out with the team, been around everything. Um, now we'll see if he's not signed in the next week how that changes things, but my guess is that Kalen Addison at some point here is going to be signed. Sure hope so. Um, would not be good. Um, what I'll be mostly interested in to see is Brock Faber because Faber um, was great. Didn't give up. A, wasn't on the ice for a goal in his two regular season games or his, uh, his final uh, or the six playoff games. Um, and he's going to start the season with Jonas Brodeen. But as we know, um, every single game that Jonas Brodeen is out there, especially at home, he gets a steady diet of the top, top guys. So home opener, he's going to be out there against Matthew Kachuk in Toronto you know, Dean will try to get him out there against uh, Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner and, and or William Nylander in those games. Uh, you know, Montreal, Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield. Can Brock Faber handle that? If he can't, maybe what you do is you go back to a Brodeen Spurgeon pair and have Jake Middleton and Faber as your as your second pair. We'll see. But right now, I think Faber is going to start um, with Jonas Brodeen. We talk about the roster battles in camp. I just laid that out. There's not a lot of them. Um, it's just to be frank, there's just not a lot. Not because they don't have good enough players, but there's just the cap space. Uh, we know who the one way contracts are, and so Marco Rossi is going to be the biggest deal. Injuries change everything. If it's a minor injury, again, they're going to be up against it uh, coming out of camp uh, with the salary cap. Um, we talk about what Jason King uh, and the impact that he could have on the power play. We talk about who has the most to prove. We believe, obviously, uh, Rossi is right there. Um, we talk about where the goals will come from beyond Kaprizov and Boldy um, and the need for Eric Sinek and Goudreau to have really quality years again. I remember Goudreau scored 19 goals last year and Eric Sinek had a career-high 61 points. Um, but the need for guys like Ryan Hartman and Marcus Foligno to bounce back and for other guys to chip in offensively. Um, we talk about the health of the team going into camp right now. We are under the impression that everybody is healthly, including Eric Sinek, um, but all the guys at the end of the year that were playing her, Zuccarello, Goudreau, Foligno, um, Hartman, they're all said to be healthy. Um, we talk about Pat Maroon. We talk about who will get the bulk of the starts with Gustafson and uh, Flower. We think at the beginning of the year, it could be a very, uh, you know, I don't know if a strict rotation, but we could see both of them getting a lot of games. And then the second half, whoever's deserving will get the most. And then we talk about why Addison isn't signed. Um, PTOs are interesting. Bill Guerin has never really loved them. Um, right now, Phil Kessel is here in Vegas, uh, skating with the Vegas Golden Knights, I've been told. And, uh, but technically, he's a free agent. Uh, that's somebody who wouldn't shock me if it intrigued, if he intrigued, uh, Billy G. But, um, you know, you sign Phil Kessel one or, or you bring him in on a PTO, um, you know, I guess, do you really want that? Uh, one, you even if he makes the team out of camp, you might not even be able to afford him. And two, to me, it's just a roadblock of Adam Beckman and Sammy Walker. I think it would be, you know, if there was an opening, I think it would be make more sense to put one of those two on the team. So Bill Guerin has never been a big fan of PTOs, um, but he's not always ruled it out. So that's the only name out there right now that I uh, that I really threw out there because I could just see Phil Kessel intriguing Bill. But uh, again, I don't think that that would... I, I just don't think it would happen. Um, rookie uh, showcase is coming up here. The Wild play the St. Louis Blues on Friday night. Um, I believe 7 p.m.-ish. 
I should have the times in front of me, but I don't. Then the Blackhawks and the Blues play on Saturday night at 6. And then the Wild, I think at 3 p.m. on Sunday, play the uh, the Chicago Blackhawks. I talked to Connor Bedard yesterday. And I asked him why he's coming. And, you know, I just cannot believe that the Blackhawks, especially because we know that Bedard is going to make the Blackhawks out of camp, would not just keep him back, have him skate with the with – the, um, with the NHL guys and and risk injury against not only just a bunch of prospects for the Blues in the Wild, but a bunch of tryout guys, a bunch of invitees who are trying to make an impression. Just seems like a huge risk, especially in light of, if you remember, Kirby Dock suffered that major injury at the World Junior uh, Exhibition Game uh, years ago when they sent, uh, Black, you know, Kirby Dock made the Blackhawks, they sent him to World Juniors and then he got hurt. Um, so it just seems like an unnecessary risk. The Wild have had that before in Traverse City where, you know, guys like Mason Shaw have turned their ACL, uh, tore their ACL. I remember uh, Gustav Olsson got hurt there. There have been other guys as well. It just seems like an unnecessary risk, but I asked Bedard about that in his typical, typical humble fashion. He said that he's no different than any rookies and he wants to play in it. So I think that it was him saying, no, I'm going. Um, so we'll see. We'll get our all eyes on uh, Connor Bedard against both the Blues and the Wild on Saturday and Sunday night. That'll be super exciting. Um, you also saw the, the Wild uh, lineup. Uh, you know, they have obviously their college kids and their Europeans are not coming to the prospect camp so there's a lot of invitees and then um and then some other prospects as well but this is not your typical uh this is not a, a full showing of your wild prospects at all a couple other things major going on with the wild prospects one who's not enough again is not getting a lot of ice time i don't know if his team is trying to put pressure on him to now resign there but uh really concerning i mean this is the problem with having with drafting russians uh, you know his team is just not giving him ice time again. he's leaving like nine minutes the more serious one is liam ogren i believe has a back injury He's not playing in the in their openers this year for Farstad uh, this week for Farstad. He hasn't played in the final preseason games, um, and right now he's just sitting in the press box trying to get better. But the team and Ogren are, and the Wild are working in tandem to try to figure out one what is exactly is wrong with him and the course of action. But from what I understand or what I'm gathering, uh, Ogren's going to be out a while. So that's really concerning for the Wild's top prospects and a first round pick. Especially remember the Wild are hoping to bring Yurov, who scored his first KHL goal the other day. Um, who's Zandinov and Ogren over here together um, next year. So uh, we'll see. We'll have to pay attention, one, what's going on with who's Zandinov and what's going on with Ogren. But the who's Zandinov thing just is incredibly concerning. Um, And you just wonder how, you know, it hurts the development. And this is, again, why teams um, have trouble. Uh, you know, or hesitant uh, drafting these guys. Um, let me go to Twitter questions. Uh, I asked, or X questions, I guess we can call them. Um, I didn't give people a lot of advance notice, but when I woke up, I decided, hey, I'm going to do this open for Boldy, and I got to get out to the rink here in a couple minutes. Um, but I decided to ask for questions if anybody had any going into camp. Um, Minwild Info says, looking ahead, who's to target once the Parisi Suter cap falls off? I know guys like Marner Rantanen, Drysdale, Hedman, and Ekblad will, will be available, and they will not be available. That's not a guarantee. Um, they may be available, and that's why, to me, it's not worth paying attention to. Uh, that's why Joe and I did a story, and we're very vague on the possibilities, but we uh, did that uh, earlier in August, so definitely check that out. Um, and Joe and I, on the last podcast, actually talked about uh, that story and uh, why we wrote it the way that we did, so definitely check that out um, there. Um, let's see. Uh, Peter says, who presses Dean's button uh, the most in the locker room? If you mean that, like, makes him angry. Um, probably not a lot of players. I mean, Kevin Fiala is now in LA, so I don't, I haven't heard of anybody, uh, that, that really gets him going and gets him ticked off and things like that. Um, 
Joseph uh, Joshua Velchev asks, what's my favorite cigar? Um, Davidoff Late Hour, and then I just bought a bunch of Romeo Julieta's 1875s, uh, the Connecticut uh, wrap. Uh, so definitely check that out. Um, L- Lucas Lawrence says, any movement on the Kalen Addison front? I'll be honest, I haven't checked in the last five days. Uh, five days ago, nothing was going on. Um, so absolutely nothing was going on. So, um, so uh, my guess here is that changes real quick. And the, there's just not a lot of movement that the wild can do. Um, so I don't see the wild budging. And I eventually seeing Kalen, you know, realizing I better sign and get into camp and then bet on himself and have a big year. Um, Johnson from Wisconsin says, what are his favorite uh, courses in the Twin Cities? He says that on the podcast. It's Oak Hill. Um, let's see. Uh, Ham Boney asks, what is the latest on Mason Shaw? Um, it seems like he's trying to remain near the team with all the summer activities we've seen. Is there a target return date? And is there a word on if there is a new contract option for him, maybe sign like have a, a two-way to start? The Wild can't afford to sign him to a two-way right now. So he would need to sign probably an AHL deal and continue his rehab up here if he wants to. And then eventually when he's ready to return, um, go down to Iowa, play, and then the hope would be turning that AHL deal to an NHL deal. He would have to clear waivers to get to back to the NHL, though, um, or, or to actually officially sign that contract, though, is my understanding. Um, but right now, uh, he is the Wilder are being pretty kind to him. Um, they offered him the AHL deal. From what I understand, he didn't accept it. Maybe that changes here in the coming days because I'm sure he's going to want to get paid. Um, but regardless, um, uh, they've been real kind to him and let a, they're letting him be around the team. He's basically part of the team. He's working out a tria. They're paying his rehab, all that type of stuff. Um, uh, stick on the ice guy says, looks like uh, Parisi may retire. What would the cap recapture penalty look like if the wild had not bought him out? Um, I put that in a recent story, basically. Um, and, and by the way, uh, right now I have reached out to Zach. He hasn't, he hasn't reached out back. So, uh, you know, technically, um, <laughs> Islanders don't like, uh, players talking, so he might just not want to talk right now. And, uh, you know, from what Lunar Lamorello said the other day is that he's not retiring and that he's staying in Minnesota and that eventually, you know, maybe he would sign at some point this season. So maybe in Zach's mind, he's, he's thinking to himself, maybe I shouldn't talk and close the book on my career and all that stuff. And then if I sign, I sign and, and you know, you don't piss off Lou and the Islanders who uh, like to control all of that. Um, but back to that. Uh, so basically if the wild had traded him, um, they would have uh, immediately triggered cap recapture. If he had retired prematurely, this is two years uh, premature. And then it would be seven and a half million until it was paid off the debt. So it would have been, if the wild had found out, let's say today that, that, and they traded him to the Islanders, that he was retired. Um, the Wild would suddenly have to get rid of $7.5 million worth of players right now. This is why they made the decision to buy him out, especially at that stage of uh, Parisi's career where it just didn't look like he was um, the same player that he was. Now, he went to the, the Islanders for two years, had a go- had two good years last year's top 20 goals again. Um, and so, but this is why the wild made that bold decision and not trade him. They didn't want to risk the fact that all of a sudden they would find out on the eve of training camp that they had to get rid of a bunch of players. So that's why they did it. Um, and you know, in hindsight, it looks like a smart thing because let's say that that Parisi was doing this now, I would love, and the wild had traded him and, and he was not deciding whether or not to retire, just not sign. I really wonder how the league would have handled this. 
um, because technically he hasn't retired, so cap recapture shouldn't be uh, put in there. But the cap, the the league could have looked at this as like maybe Parisi's trying to do the wild favors and 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 not officially say anything, and then they're not getting dinged. So um, I think that probably the wild wouldn't have to get rid of those players now, seven and a half million dollars of players. But if Parisi never plays again retroactively, um, that cap recapture that the that the wild would have had triggered once they traded him uh, to the Islanders. Remember before that 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 fell apart years ago um it would have it would it would kick in and this is again why the wild uh, made the decision uh, you might not like it but bill Guerin wanted cost certainty because he didn't want to be in a position where a year or two later all of a sudden he gets a phone call hello zach's not playing uh i know training camps next week but you got to get rid of seven and a half million dollars worth of players that'd be untenable right now how would the wild do that right now uh just look at their roster and say get rid of players and then how would they afford to have a team you'd have to have seven and a half million dollars less of players and they barely have enough players to afford Kalen Addison right now. So um, in hindsight, now that that this is becoming real, it makes a lot more sense what the wild did. So hopefully everybody understands what I just said. Um, I got to get out to the Uber because Pierre Lebrun is going to get impatient with me. Um, We got to get out to Henderson because everybody I know is going to want to hear from Anders Lee. Um, so uh, again, uh, thanks everybody for listening to Straight from the Source. Hopefully, everybody likes this Matt Boldy podcast. Uh, we'll be doing these semi regularly again this season. Uh, the next pod, as I talk at the end of the show, uh, will be Joe Smith and I probably sitting down with Pat Maroon next week. So that we uh, hope will be the next podcast. Uh, but without further ado, here is Matt Boldy. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Well, really happy to be joined by uh, Matt Boldy. And uh, Matt, it, you know, I'm struck by the last time I did a podcast with you, um, it was before your rookie year. I remember doing it like yesterday. I did it with you and Rosie back to back. And here we are two years later. Um, you're you know, a 30 plus goal scorer, uh, new big deal starting this year as well. And here you're at the NHL media tour with not only a bunch of stars like McDavid and Dreisaitl and Crosby, but you guys that you grew up with, Jack Hughes, Quinn Hughes, uh, Matty Beneers, uh, your buddy over there, Cole Caulfield. I mean, it, it, isn't it amazing how life has changed in the last two years? Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I think, uh, like you said, obviously there's there's some some guys here that that are mega superstars and, and guys that, that you look up to growing up and stuff like that. So that's pretty cool. But yeah, to see kind of the the guys that we play at the program with, guys that are some of your best friends and stuff like that it's it's off it's awesome yeah. and i mean 
it's honestly weird just to kind of look around and, and see everyone. So yeah, what what would was your big like welcome to the NHL moment? Everybody talks about that moment on the ice when you're like, oh, I'm playing against you know mm-hmm. Crosby. But how about off the ice? Like Beniers was saying, like he remembers like yesterday last year going into his first hotel room and sending videos to yeah. his parents <laughs> and on the yeah. team charter and things like that. Like there's a lot of stuff that the average fan doesn't get to see that you yeah. that you guys get. For sure, yeah, it's. Uh they treat us very well. We'll say that. I think, uh, yeah, I mean, you walk in, especially, um, I mean, I've known Maddie since he was little and, and stuff like that. But yeah, you walk into a hotel room. I, I've never been in a hotel that nice before in my life. So to kind of go do that and, and see that stuff. And then I think the meals are kind of the coolest thing too. I think that was, uh, that was pretty cool. Or you could eat basically whatever you wanted. They mm-hmm. had. So it was, uh, that was kind of my, wow, this is, this is pretty cool. <laughs> they, yeah. they treat you pretty great here. So you're coming off a, a, a pretty fun last couple of weeks where you went up to Brainerd and got to play in the Canadian Tour event. And I was reading Joe Smith, my colleague's story, and you were saying that you've never been that nervous. And I'm like, this is a guy that made his NHL debut in his hometown against his hometown team, scored the winning goal. And yet that, you said, was probably oh, the yeah. most nervous you've ever been? It was definitely different types of nerves. I think... Uh, Hockey, I feel like I black out a little bit more, and it seems more natural. And uh, this was definitely a lot different. I think mm-hmm. uh, kind of standing on that first tee, uh, there's water in front of me too, so I was just hoping to hit it in the air, and I don't even care where it went as long as it went in the air. So um, it's just so different. It's it's a different type of nerves. It's it's a different different sport different mentality going into everything so. how, how different is tournament golf because obviously we know I've, I've seen it mm-hmm. that you are such an exceptional golfer um, and, and yet tournament golf's different and professional golf's different and just yeah. the way that these things are, are, are the courses are laid out and everything right yeah I mean start with the courses and conditions yeah they're going to make it harder no matter what and I think uh, honestly every shot matters it's, it's different when you're playing with your buddies and you can just scoop up the, the two and a half, three footers when when they're feeling nice and stuff like that. But when you got to stand over that and make it, and you got to make them eighteen times in a round, uh-huh. it, it adds up, and definitely uh, the nerves take over. But what was it like having your brother caddy for you? It was great. I think uh, just to kind of spend time with him was the biggest thing. Um, we had an awesome week, a lot of fun, and. He didn't mess up too much. So. <laughs> yeah, every bad shot, you're like, you exactly. gave me the wrong club yep. or wrong read. Or right whatever. on him. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, what's your favorite course in Minnesota? Ooh, uh, Olympic Hills, Needham Prairie. The Olympic Hills. Yep. And uh, what's the best round of golf that you've ever had? Ooh, the best I've ever had was a 65. 65? Where yep. was that at? Uh, course in Boston. Yeah. yeah. Um, and who who on the wild could rival you as a golfer? Like I've heard Hartman's great. Mm. Hartman's good. Marcus Johansson's really good. He doesn't play as much anymore, but uh, I played with him last week, and he he can play for sure. So right. uh, yeah, those two are really good. Matt Dumbo's really good. Um, but yeah, we we got a we got a decent amount of guys that can play, so it's yeah. pretty fun. Um, you mentioned Marcus Johansson. I mean, last year when he when he got acquired by the Wild, uh, you just absolutely lit, lit it up. Um, how much are you looking forward to maybe getting into camp here and having that same line now with Erickson Eck help, back healthy, mm-hmm. having that start the season? Yeah, super excited. I think uh, obviously we we all get along. Um, awesome guys and. That's half the battle. I mean, playing with guys that you're comfortable to talk to and, and comfortable and get along with and, and can laugh on the bench about certain plays and, and stuff like that, it's it's great. But obviously, when 
you put us all together. I think we all play very different, but we're all big guys that, that want to score and, and play in the offensive zone. And I think uh, kind of all our styles complement each other in different ways, which is nice. Yeah, what is it about Marcus that makes him such a great player? I think everything. I think starts with just how, how well he skates. Um, mm-hmm. He's got to be one of the best skaters in the NHL, just how, how fast he is, how quick, strong, um, dynamic, everything. And then you add that on top of how much skill he has in his vision. It it's definitely makes it easy to play mm-hmm. with him. I think uh, that was something I noticed right away. You, you let him skate with it and, and try to find an opening for him to make a play, and, mm-hmm. and he's going to find you. And I think that goes a long way throughout the course of a season yeah. in, in finding ways to create offense. Um, you know I, know, I know that injuries are part of the game and that players are just used to it, and you probably let it roll off the back of your, you know, your shoulders all the time. But like in Pittsburgh last year when Eric Snack uh, broke his leg, like how much – like how much was that a bummer at the time and and as a team even do you realize at that point how just absolutely detrimental that was and the timing and what it could mean yeah i mean look at the role he plays for our team he's he's huge on our power play wins every face off huge net front guy that's that's so good down there it's our first guy over the boards for penalty kill um first guy to send out there to win a face off when you need one it's it's everything. It goes a long way, I think. Uh, but like you said, it's the nature of the sport. Mm-hmm. No one sits there and, and looks back now and complains about it. It's, it's how it happens, and that's the type of person he is. It didn't matter that there were five games left in the season before mm-hmm. playoffs, and we had basically were already in the playoffs. He was blocking that shot no matter what, yeah. just who he is as a person. So, um, yeah, it sucks. It, he's a heck of a player, and he would have helped for sure, but... It's part of the game, and it's how it works out. You, um, you know, you, last year you had such a great year. What do you have to do to to not only duplicate that, but maybe you know turn yourself into a perennial 30, 40 goal guy? Yeah, just just play my game. I think um, a lot of it, I think, is between my ears, where it's I go out there and want to score, I want to play well, and, and make a difference. I, I don't think I I'm definitely not a passenger in any way, and sense that I just want to get through games or anything. So mm-hmm. it's. Uh, just stuff like that. I think stay confident, kind of be consistent, and, and play my game every night. Yeah, I remember after the playoff series, you were as disappointed as I've ever seen you. And, and not that we've known each other a ton, but 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 it was very clear that you were being accountable for the for the way, and you want to produce and all that. Um, but you, you you know part of it is you can't fast forward to the playoffs right now. Mm-hmm. So what do you have to do maybe to use this year to, to elevate yourself going into that postseason, this upcoming season? Yeah, I think uh, just don't wait to turn it on. I think um, it's hard to, to play a whole season and then get to playoffs and say, okay, now I'm going to play this way. That's, that's just not yeah. how it works. So I think um, kind of the more of that that I play like how I need to play and, and play a more dominant physical style, the, the better off I'm going to be. It's Then it's not a switch. It's just going out there to play another game. So. Right. Um, you mentioned uh, Flower uh, just now when we were talking. And I was struck by how you said that that was also one of your, wow, wow uh, I'm really in the lead. When he walked into the, the room and your jaw dropped, what, what is it about him? He's just got this aura about him. I mean, he's a legend. He's a Hall of Famer, all that. Yeah, he's uh, he's one of the best to ever play, that's for sure. And like you say, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. But, I mean, he's he's an awesome guy. I think he walked up to someone that had no clue about hockey. They they never know uh, how successful he was or anything. He's just he's just a good person. Treats everyone the same. Um, 
has time for everyone. I think that goes a long way, and, and people respect that a lot about him. Yeah, I mean, he's eight wins from passing Patrick Waugh for second all-time this year. What will that be like in the room when he hits that milestone uh, for mm-hmm. all you guys? It'll be awesome, I think. I mean, everyone in our room just just wants to see him uh, see him do good, obviously, and that's going to happen. He's still a hell of a goalie. It's, it's so impressive seeing him every day, and and how good he is and how much he competes and stuff like that. So I think um, just how close the locker room is, doesn't matter who it is. If you're achieving something that, that's big, everyone's happy. But uh, to do something that big is going to be pretty crazy. Yeah. So. You mentioned Dumba before. I mean, you know, for as long as I can remember, it feels like since he was drafted, he's been a staple on this team. Huge presence on the team in terms of energy and just just him as a, as a, as a person, a human being. Um, you know, how hard do you think it was for him to have to one let that let his career here in Minnesota go on, and and what will it be like to not have that that presence in the room this year? Yeah, it's it's going to be different. I think guys have to step up and replace that energy he brings. But uh, I mean, that's that's a top of the line human being, guy that took care of everyone, made sure everyone was having fun, kind of relaxed and but serious at the same time and, and accountable for everything. Um, obviously being an assistant captain quite the leader and, and stuff like that so I think uh, that guy loved Minnesota he had nothing but good things to ever say about it so obviously it stinks to see him see him leave yeah. but it's kind of how it goes sometimes he, he wasn't just ch- charitable off the ice I, somebody was telling me that uh, one of your teammates told me that there was a an outing last year in Raleigh that he like a, at a, that high-end bowling alley across from your hotel where mm-hmm. he just uh, you know showed up for five minutes and anyway he le- goes on with his day and then all of a sudden you guys are paying the bill and it's been paid for by him I mean that's just yeah. he used to do a lot of stuff like that right definitely takes care of his teammates that's for sure I think um just a guy that, that wants everyone to, to get along, everyone to have fun and, and stuff like that. And throughout a course of, of an 82-game yeah. season, it, it goes a long way to be able to, to look at your teammates and have yeah. fun. And and definitely he he's quick to recognize when, yeah. when those situations are happening. And, yeah, to do something like that, I think, just speaks to who he is yeah. as a person. A couple more for you, uh, Matt. Um, uh, I was talking to Jake Middleton the other day, and he was talking about J- uh, Pat Maroon. And he just, like, right when he started talking about it, he just started laughing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that that he's already kind of become this like, this team, uh, you know, sort of like jokester, but also somebody that can maybe replace that sort of energy and presence yeah. that, that a Matt Dumba brings. Yeah, for sure. I think... Uh, I mean, I've, I've hung out with him a few times, obviously uh, worked out and skated a bit this last week. So just getting to know him uh, off the bat, I think he's, he's just an easy guy to talk to, easy guy to, to confide in. And obviously he's just, just lighthearted, has fun. Um, but yeah, only good things to say about him. Yeah. Um, what, what do you think it'll be like to go to Sweden this year, play the games there? You have five Swedes on your team, uh, maybe more if Wallstedt's here and mm-hmm. things like that. I mean, w- I got to think it's going to be super exciting for your Swedish teammates to show off their country, but also for the for the citizens in that hockey rich to see you guys play. Yeah, it'll be sweet. I think um, obviously it's, it's pretty cool to be able to go there and uh-huh. And kind of spend that time with the team and bond and stuff like that but just to play in front of a, a swedish crowd and kind of see what that's like it's it's going to be different but obviously it's it's going to be great i think everyone's looking forward to getting over there yep with uh um i heard the connor durr's moving in with you is that no oh not durr who is it uh shazi was gonna shazi. Move in with me. all right yeah. but not anymore or uh we're waiting we're waiting for a few <laughs> things but uh, okay 
That's that's the plan. So we'll see. Okay. Yeah. Um, the uh, I just want to ask you about your dad. I mean, you know, I, I always see him at these games. I mean, one of the great stories last year is when you got the hat trick and he throws his hat and gets it caught on the netting mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Um, and then I was talking to him, like, you know, I mean, he he said it's like almost sometimes he's like the kid, like you know, you like you're telling him like you know, text me when you get home and things yeah. like that. I, what's it like having him come to so many games? And why do you think it just seems like you play? Is it just coincidence you play your best? <laughs> when he's in the rink I don't know it seems to work out like that but no obviously we're we're super close um, we always have been and um, my parents come out to see me as much yeah. as they can obviously they, they got other stuff going on with work and my dad has other kids and, and stuff like that so it's uh, it's always nice for him to come out especially him and my mom both but it's, it's always nice to spend time with them kind of sit back let them cook me some meals at yeah. home and stuff like that but uh yeah it seems to be a coincidence that when he's there it's just, things seem to go my yeah. way so uh last one for you just um expectations this season matt i mean obviously uh you guys have been one of the best regular season teams for a long time uh in the central division um like we said before, you can't just fast forward, snap your fingers and be in the playoffs to try mm-hmm. to get over the hump. But what are the expectations this year uh, for a very different team? Yeah, it's, it's what it's what everyone thinks. I mean, there's, there's no no question that we know what everyone everyone says. We can't get out of the first round, whatever. It's 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 taking that next step, the step forward to, to get through that and, and find a way to win. It's it's that simple. I mean, um, that's that's our expectation. It's always been our expectation. It's it's a hard thing to do, but it's the step that we need to take. So. Well, Matt, uh, Matt, really appreciate you joining. Uh, looking forward to watching you continue to grow this season and uh, maybe hit that forty goal mark. Who knows? Yeah, uh, hopefully, we'll see. <laughs> it'll be awesome. Uh, last a couple times ago, we were in uh, Vegas. You couldn't even uh, you know technically go into a casino, <laughs> and now here you are, and you're a superstar at the NHL Media Tour. Pretty cool. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. Thanks. That is uh, Matt Boldy. We'll be right back after this. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. Well, my thanks to Matt Boldy for joining this week's edition from Straight from the Source. If you're an athletic subscriber, or even if you're not an athletic subscriber, the Athletic Hockey Show is where to go. Uh, Pat Brisson, the super agent for many, many NHL athletes, including Elias Pettersson and uh, Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, Sidney Crosby, uh, Trevor Zegras, who's unsigned right now, uh, Jake Sanderson, and how that affects Owen Power. We talk all about that on a podcast that I did with Pierre Lebrun. 
Um, again, that's the Athletic Hockey Show Roundtable this week, along with Rob Pizzo and Jesse Granger. And not only do I talk to Pat Brassam up here, but I talk to Pierre about all the things that's going on in the NHL. Uh, so definitely check out that podcast. That comes out on Wednesday. I've subscribed to the Athletic NHL's YouTube channel, youtube.com slash the Athletic Hockey Show. And get a new subscription to The Athletic for just a $2 a month for 12 months when you visit theathletic.com slash straight from the source. Again, $1.99 per month for 12 months when you visit theathletic.com slash straight from the source. My special thanks to Matt Boldy. This is Michael Russo from Straight from the Source. And Joe Smith and I plan to be back with Pat Maroon on our next show. Talk to you next week, everybody.